0: All right, guys, welcome back to the best hour of your day. Jason, again, the better host of the two of the Jasons, uh, here with uh, my mentor, my current mentor, Maggie Tencher. Um, Maggie's an OG in the CrossFit world, owns two affiliates, CrossFit Resting, CrossFit Fairfax, um, has coached all over the globe, uh, former firefighter, um, and just all around
1: Badass.
0: Badass. I was going to let you say it. I was going to let you, as a, she likes to refer to herself as the lady boss.
1: <laughs>
0: and she's definitely good at bossing people around. But um, where were you at this weekend, this past weekend?
1: This past, actually, no, nowhere. I was home. I had these next two weekends off. So, Ooh. We what are you, you going to do? Well, last weekend was just Murph. This coming oh, weekend, yeah. we have a girls' retreat, ladies' retreat.
0: So for your gym
1: yes yes we have a, a nice farms a big estate one of our uh clients owns that and uh he's letting us use it and uh, we're just going to go there and we're just going to have some fun friday saturday and sunday
0: how many ladies will be attending this retreat <laughs> it is about 14 of us that's a lot
1: yeah it is i mean and the and the property is beautiful is is amazing
0: how much wine is on order for that weekend.
1: <laughs> well, let's say that I bought several bottles, but when I went there on Friday to look at the property one more time, I mean, they have, they have wine. I mean, you don't even know. They have bottles, cases of wines and alcohol there. So, yeah.
0: The pros, yeah. And the pros of having wealthy clients.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, clients that love to share.
0: And and this is no dudes, right? Just just the ladies?
1: Just the ladies. I think the dudes are actually going to be doing it next weekend. It's like a, a happy men day or something like that. They're going to go to a distillery. Uh, again, one of our clients owns a distillery.
0: Whiskey. Yeah, Father's Day is coming up. So, so everybody out there, buy some whiskey for your dad.
1: go there and just uh, enjoy some whiskey.
0: That's really cool. Is that the first year? Is that the first time you've ever done that?
1: Yeah, this is the first year, yeah.
0: That's cool. That's, uh, do you guys do a lot of community events like that in your gym or is this like the first kind of like offsite, I guess I should say?
1: Uh, the offsite, no, we we try to do that, a lot of that, uh, especially the 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 ladies. We've done the, you know, uh, wine uh, tours. We go out, rent a bus, and then just pick a, they, the bus pick us out of the gym, and then we're gone for hours, come back and make sure everybody gets home safely. Uh, we do a lot of happy hours. Uh, events in inside the gym, but
0: that's, that's pretty much what we do. Yeah. Super side note: Who's in charge of that? Are you in charge of that, or do you have somebody who's the head, the lead for that?
1: Well, let's say that is uh, somebody runs it, but I like to uh, give them my input too, depending on what we're doing. Like oh, this. Yeah, yeah. I can
0: see point that. Point that's point very point. much your style, you know, like to let people do their thing, but yet yeah, tell them what to do. It's good. Yes. It's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's that, that's that Latin American uh, female coming out of, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm the boss. I'm going to let you think that you're in charge, but I'm, I'm the boss.
1: Yeah, this is, this is your event, but um, I have the last word. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, uh, so you own two gems, right?
1: Correct. CrossFit Fairfax and CrossFit Reston.
0: Which, i always forget which one fairfax is the original right
1: yeah fairfax will open fairfax in 2006 and then Reston in 2010
0: so 13 years i don't i think we may have had somebody who's been open that long on the show but there's not a whole lot of gyms that have been open for 13 years that's a long time we're coming up on 10 this year for my for our one facility um that's a long time. And then how how long after that, until you opened Reston?
1: So Reston was 2010. Okay. It was four years after we uh, had opened Fairfax.
0: Damn, so you guys are coming up, well, you guys are almost at two facilities over 10 years.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, we have next year, uh, actually. Yeah, next year is gonna be two years for Reston.
0: That's crazy. It is, man,
1: just time flies.
0: What's, uh? So, obviously, there's a little gap there, about a four-year gap between opening those two, but uh, I mean, I could speak to this, but I I would much prefer you speak to it because you've been doing it longer, but what are some of the things that, when you open the second one, what were some of the challenges that you guys went through that you didn't anticipate? Obviously, everybody thinks it's like two gyms, double the money. Uh, That could be the case, but generally, it is not.
1: It's not, and from the first one, actually, first one and the second one, or approach, it was completely different. Like the first one, we, we opened uh, CrossFit Actually, when we affiliated, we didn't have a facility, right? But we affiliated because we wanted to pretty much train firefighters, right? So that was, that was our, our, uh, our target. Uh, hey, we were doing this with firefighters, and so may as well just do this whole CrossFit thing with them. And uh, we started inside uh, at the Global Gym. It was Fitness 24. And um, the guys were really nice. But it's like, hey, you know, we don't know this CrossFit thing. Let's just call it boot camp. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Call it, we'll call it, cross, call it CrossFit boot camp. So we started there until we were kicked out like eight months later or something like that. Because uh, it was an issue of, with uh, the trainers that uh, they felt like we were a threat. Because we were stealing their clients, right? They wanted to do this CrossFit thing. So when we started with Fairfax, it was like, I think our capital was like, I think it was like $3,000, that was it. But we were pretty lucky that uh, when we were kicked one of our clients, they had a warehouse, it was about 3,000 square foot, and they were using only half of it to store computers so they say guys you know you guys can use the front of the warehouse as long as you can train the family and like sounds like a pretty good deal so we put a partition and it was 1400 square foot just imagine just pretty small uh, had one bathroom and uh we were we had one class in the morning a couple of classes in the afternoon uh, jeb would call the firefighters like the night before hey you guys are going to work out next day because you know we need some clients we need some people i like we call them clients but most people didn't pay you know the firefighters will just do that for free but they will bring my, uh, other people and uh so because we're still uh firefighters right we work uh different shifts so when he was working i was coaching when i was coaching actually when i was working he was coaching yeah well so we pretty much like uh that was our income the fire department and uh, everything that we'll make uh, it was just to buy equipment, right. You know, at the end of the month, Hey, let's, bra- let's, let's buy one more drawer. Let's buy more plates, let's buy more barbells, let's put another pull up bar, you know? And then uh, after a year we, we had to move because we grew up that, you know, it, the space was really, uh, was crowded. So we, we had enough money to find a place and, um, and from that place, uh, that was about three thousand square square feet, and that's- uh, Just see, for
0: just for context, how big is Reston?
1: Reston is eight thousand square, square
0: yeah, feet. Yeah, so from fourteen hundred to eight thousand.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, uh, when and you know, we follow with Fairfax. We follow Coach Glassman's approach that he's like, "Hey, start small, and let your clients tell you when it's time to move." And actually, that happened Fairfax. The you know twice. From the 1,400 to the 3,000 and from the 3,000 to where Fairfax is now, it's almost 5,000 um, square foot. And uh, lucky enough that all these three locations have been within like a mile of each other. So there is this, the neighborhood has been the same. Reston was a little bit different. Um, we saw an opportunity. That was the west side of the county. There was no CrossFit boxes that side of the county and um we were a little bit nervous because uh they'll be like uh we'll have to you know get some some cash to open that um we got uh again one of our clients and investors like hey i live and i work at reston i can be your investor just open the gym uh so we thought about it uh and the hardest part about that is because we needed yet now with two locations we needed somebody to uh manage the new location um so i quit the fire department with the uh thought that if things didn't work as planned i could always go back within that first year that was nine years ago did you
0: have a year did they give you like a year window that you were that you could go back and then after a year you couldn't go back or
1: not? We don't, they don't give you officially a year, but you know, like you have the option to before that year, you can apply and go back to the fire department, the same rank, same everything that before you resign.
0: Got it. Okay. Um,
1: yeah, you know, we took the risk, but hey, didn't have to. I mean, like it's the same thing with uh, with uh when we opened Reston, we budgeted on everything just to make sure that we bought enough equipment, but we didn't go crazy. I mean it's eight thousand square compared to what we were there like 3,000 the second location for Fairfax we could have gone crazy and buy everything that we wanted but we didn't we just figure a hey, our classes are gonna be like pretty small and we did pretty much we follow the same approach um, when that's- we have money but more equipment and just keep going and you know I think that's pretty that's pretty
0: that's been yes. a- that's interesting you bring that up because uh, yesterday we did a, um, an episode on like what, like how big your classes should be, mm-hmm. and Ackerman was saying that when he first started, he basically bought equipment for half, so whatever he thought a class size was going to be, he, only, he bought half the equipment, and he got a little creative, which oddly enough is exactly what Orange Theory does to minimize their footprint mm-hmm. as far as space, because I think that model is built on like something between 3,500 to 4,000 square feet, so if they have classes at twenty five. They have you know 12 pieces of equipment but um i think that's one of the things because you brought up two things one is equipment and i think that's one of the things people over spend on on the front end yeah more often than not but the other thing that you brought up which i think is interesting is the investor piece and looking back on it so i've done this with one that we purchased and then I, you obviously did it there i think a lot of people where they potentially make the mistake is, and again, this it has worked out in certain scenarios, but I see it work out far less often when they're partners than just basically having somebody who has uh, cash to loan you, and then they just want their seven to ten percent over that five-year period and a lot of people want to go in with multiple owners and it generally doesn't work that way whereas if I have an investor i'm just going to pay interest on that loan over five years and then give it back to him. but yeah. i don't have to deal, but i don't have to deal with the bank
1: and then that was a, basically he was just an a, a silent uh, investor i mean uh, we paid the loan within three years i mean with interest and everything like it was paid we actually paid before we had to pay you know and then uh, because of when we signed the papers, he also became part of. He was part of the board, right? And then after that, it was uh, us trying to get rid of him for a while, and then eventually we're able to buy, uh, to buy him out. And uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think like it worked because he was a silent investor. Um, he just uh, and also he he was a pretty decent person. He wanted us to succeed. uh no you know, he wasn't being, he was not a pain in the ass. He didn't really, he didn't want anything to do, like, hey, at the end of the year, just send him the profit and loss, you know, tax paper, distribution, and then he was happy.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, most people, um, I literally just talked to some guy out of buying into a box last weekend, but, when you look at it from a number standpoint, it's just not going. Most gyms are just not going to gross enough to pay two owners. So that that just ends up being generally the investor just gets money back. Who's also an owner, but the person who's the operator is just broke. Yeah. Because, because they're giving essentially fifty percent or whatever that allocated percentage was away to the investor when they could have just given up five to seven percent, maybe ten on the high end, for three to five years, and then gotten all that back. So, yes. um, so from a from a, so I'm curious what from a logistical standpoint, what are the biggest challenges that you have? And this kind this is a two part question because this is something that I found uh, challenging is so obviously you do a good job at coach development. You work level ones, you level twos. How many how many seminars have you worked at this point?
1: I have no idea. I know that I'm in like the 200 something, but I'm not. I uh, I don't know exactly the number.
0: It's it's it's. North, it's over 200, so it's, it's a lot, probably probably close to 300. So a lot of coaching development underneath your belt. Um, how do you guys go about coach development? So I know you have, you know, Jeff was on seminar staff for a little bit. You were on, you're still on seminar staff for how long? 10 years? I
1: May mean, 2000, yeah, 2007. So that was. awesome oh, more than
0: that, so 12 years, yeah. yeah years. And then you, uh, you have another one of your coaches who's now on seminar staff, but you guys I are we, we split up. Oh, who's the, who's the third one? Uh, Oh yeah. Sarah. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Jaren and Alex.
0: Oh, I forgot. Jaren was coaching at your box too. Mm Yeah. That's a good pickup. You kind of stole that one though, but that's smart. Uh,
1: You know, my girls
0: gotta be smart.
1: You know, V town -town
0: Mm -hmm. up there. Um, the, uh, how do you, do you guys have a system for coach development? So obviously that's a big deal if you have three red shirts underneath your roof, uh, that, that, you know, that speaks a lot to like the quality of coaching that's going on in the classes every day
1: yeah so like before i mean it's been a pretty it's actually we've changed over the past couple of years and uh uh this year is different but previously what we tried to do uh, what we tried to do was get both gyms together for train the trainers right we like had like once a month or every other month but i mean like it does the logistic part trying to get 40 school coaches
0: you have 40 coaches
1: between the two gyms right between coaches teens kids interns right so trying to get all of the everybody together well i ended up being only half of them that will show up because it's saturday you know and coordinating my schedule making sure that i don't work that weekend and then the jeb didn't wasn't working at the fire department right so it was not what we wanted like trying to get everybody together but we wanted the connection right basically we wanted both both teams, Fairfax and Reston, to be united. And, um, and what we'll do from things like we'll learn at the uh, the level ones or at the level twos, we'll share like progressions, we'll talk about how to teach this, uh, we'll talk about lesson planning, we'll talk about the scaling, you just name it, every every time with some, something different. Uh, this year, basically what we've done is we just separated both gyms, so that way it's more manageable. So, um, my general manager at fairfax julie and alex uh, they are the ones who are uh are handling the the train the trainers the coaches development at fairfax and then uh jeff and i do the coaches development at Reston.
0: okay yeah i i think that's what we're gonna end up doing because and i i don't know if you would agree or not but i think frequency is far more important than like having this perfect set up and making sure that everybody's there um but frequency is king you know like because if you only do it once a month because that's when everybody can get there if somebody misses a month that's like 60 days before they get their next piece of yeah
1: yeah i agree with you so we've actually started doing like a lot of zoom calls hey you know i understand some most of our coaches they do this as a part-time right so They'll be like working in the mornings and then, oh, they'll just be at home in the evenings, kids, whatever obligations. So we'll try to do a eight o'clock, 8.30. We're gonna do a Zoom meeting and then that's what we do it. And a lot of also hands-on, like inside the gym, if I happen to be coaching with somebody, they will get like the coach development right there. Um, Sarah's helping me a lot with that too, like uh, especially with our new coaches, She's like mentor a couple of them. So that is pretty helpful when you have another wrestler that helps you with
0: your staff. What is your protocol for bringing on a new coach? Well, what does that look like for you guys?
1: So for, I will say about 99% of all coaches, they've come with from within the gym. They have been clients first. Uh, that's the main thing because we want them to be part of the community before they want, it, want to be a coach. And it has happened like, all of them being like that, they're clients, and then they're just so in love with CrossFit. CrossFit. They spend hours at the gym, so may as well just coach. So they approach us, hey, you know, I want to be a coach, I want to be an intern. And then we have a, a, a little process, right? We want to make sure that our interns become coaches, so they leave a spot that is open for a new intern. And then the internship program depends on their level of commitment, how many hours they, are, they can work a month. You know, it could take them anything between six months to up to a year to finish their internship.
0: So there's no set time on that. It's just when, you, when, you, when they've hit the criteria, they're on the team.
1: Yeah, they just, well, they are evaluated, you know, we like, they have like, within the first couple of months, they have to submit like a written test. And then after like three, four, I can't remember the same paper, they have, we have to do a a practical test. And then through the first six months, they are actually evaluated by different coaches. And then when they are ready, we do a, a last practical and before they are given the blessing, then it will be three different evaluations with three different uh, head coaches.
0: Who gives the blessing? Is that you or Jeff?
1: (laughs) Who do you think?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love Jeff. (laughs) You know, so what's funny funny about both of you guys is I was scared to death of both of you for a long time and the longer i get to know you the more I, the more that i think you guys are just the nicest people ever but i mean
1: like, jeff's got like you know it's just like he's got that intensity face you know like yeah, yeah. no his
0: intensity like, face is like i'm going to punch your i'm going to punch your head off your shoulders face
1: <laughs> <laughs> he just that face you know like it doesn't really matter whether he's happy or upset he's always in the same face right
0: um and, i remember one year i think it was like it was either 2011 or 2012 I was having some issues getting to regionals to compete, and I like showed up late. And Jeff was on the floor doing something, and I was like trying to get his attention. I was like, "Jeff, Jeff!" And all of a sudden, he just like turned, and he was just like, "What?" And I was like, "Never mind. I'll find something else to do." <laughs> <laughs> I, he was just looked so angry, and I was like, "Okay, I'm not. I'm never, never going to be friends with Jeff."
1: <laughs> you know what? He just he doesn't do that well under stress. Like when he was doing the the sectionals uh the regionals that was those two years were pretty rough on him i mean
0: like his I mean, eyes- that's a that's a long stressful weekend i don't i don't i don't admire anybody that does that stuff so for I, I don't uh, do not uh, not admire i do admire i don't um uh i don't the- that on it yeah yeah
1: Yeah, and I don't envy anybody. He was smart enough that after you know the second year, he's like, you know what, I think Chris Smith is gonna do an awesome job. I think you guys should ask him. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, this guy's really good. You guys should, yeah, he's good,
1: man. Yeah,
0: you guys, that is, but that is kind of up Chris's alley though. Like, that's he's good at that stuff. Yeah, so that's good. Um, so actually, and this actually leads me to another question because. Obviously, the beauty of CrossFit is everybody does things a little bit differently, which I think is, which is really good because you can just constantly learn. But you guys don't run typical CrossFit classes at Reston, right? Like, you guys run 45-minute classes, don't you? You know
1: what? We actually, about two months ago, we switched to an hour class. I mean, we've been doing 40. So, this is when we started Fairfax. We started with 30-minute classes.
0: 30 minutes? Okay.
1: Yeah. 30 minutes. I was like, you know what? It just – people love it. And then when we actually switched to forty-five minutes, right? It's like you know what we're just gonna we'll get we'll we'll put that like during the thirty minutes we'll write the workout on the whiteboard so people they were supposed to come before the class to warm up. You know that was, the warm up was written, but that didn't happen.
0: You know, I think, and I, I think that was pretty standard back in the day, though.
1: So I was like, you know, guys, these these guys are showing up. They don't care about the warm up. They just want to throw down. So I told you, we just gotta change it. And you know, people are like no, we like the thirty minutes. Well, and mainly it's because you know how traffic is in this area. I mean, like if you try to get to a class and you get stuck in traffic and then you don't want to wait another hour. So the 30 minutes for it, a lot of people work. Uh, 45 minutes, they were complaining, but hey, they again, they make it work. And then we talk about, hey, we need to go to the to the one hour classes and it was March. Again, you know, people like, ah, we love the forty-five minute classes. Uh, we switched to the one-hour classes, and I'm telling you, the clients no complaints. Few of them, yeah, you know, affect their schedule. But coaches are the ones that are more grateful. For well, the
0: I already know the answer, but elaborate on the why coaches are more grateful.
1: Just extra fifteen minutes, you know, because the forty-five minute classes, man, you, you look, you just go. You are just, you're running, you, you don't have time to mess around. Is okay, guys, we got to go. This is your warm-up, right? Let's get you guys started. We're going to, and then trying to do the class in those 45 minutes, um, it was hard. But the thing why it worked for us for so many years is because we always had two coaches on, on the floor. So, the classes didn't end in 45 minutes. The class probably ended in about 55 minutes, but the second coach will get the first, they will get the next class started, right? Brief them why they started the warm up, while the other coach was, was finishing with the previous class. And the space allowed us to do that too, because Preston is, you know, bigger. Uh, but
0: yeah, we- so for most of you guys, you probably haven't been in Maggie's gym, but of the 8,000 square feet, I mean, 7,500 of it is open floor space. So I mean, it's, it's a lot, it's big.
1: Yeah, but uh, now we're doing, the, we're doing the same thing at both gyms. And Fairfax is only 5,000 square feet, right? And uh, this past year, Fairfax has grown, oh my gosh, a lot. I mean, like right now, even though restaurants, like the square footage were bigger, Fairfax classes are bigger.
0: What's up, like, so that's a, that brings up a good point how big is an average class for you guys? Like I've, I've been in your gym sometimes when I'm like, can't really figure out what's going on. Like people are just swinging from the rafters and everybody's doing all sorts of stuff. I'm like, what is going on here?
1: I think it all depends on the time of the day, like like our biggest class in the morning, like the first class, both gyms will be like 20, 20 plus people, right, 20, 20, 25.
0: So that's a big class and you have two coaches on the floor for that. Yeah,
1: always, always, have two coaches on the floor. And then uh, when we get interns, that's when we throw the interns too, just as a helper for, you know, sometimes there's even three coaches. Uh, uh, when we have, Whenever we have three classes, we make sure that we have an additional coach to take uh, the person that is trying the class, you know, just take them through the hand you know guide them but yeah so, so we were full. so
0: yeah but i want to i want to ask you a question because uh, just so everybody's clear on that so what you had for the more so for the coach was allotted a 45 minute class yeah. with a little bit of overlap between those two yeah. but the reality is like the 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 amount of time people were there under supervision was probably still an hour yeah
1: it was the same yeah was so it yeah. the same
0: was it the same for your 30 minute classes
1: Oh no, the thirty. I mean, the thirty-minute class uh, that was back in two thousand. That was eight, two thousand seven, six, seven, and eight. And then was that
0: thirty-minute block just basically the workout?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was just the workout. Yeah, and you know, I mean, like looking back to the way that we used to coach back in two thousand six, two thousand seven. You know, sometimes I just shake my head and I'm like, oh,
0: so bad, not good.
1: That uh, we didn't kill anybody because it was, you know, it was a lot of intensity, right? And uh, some coaching, but I mean, we've come ways uh, from from that type of coaching. Actually, right now, what we do is basically coaching and. Um, Yeah, so for our coaches, it was more time for them to not, so we didn't want them to feel rushed when they were coaching. And A, it is okay if somebody wants to go to the bathroom. You don't want to tell them that they have to hold it, right? Yes. And you know what? You also need to take a break to go to the bathroom before the next class. It is okay. (laughs) So I think for coaches, it was, even though the clients are still spending an hour, I think for them, it was uh given that extra 15 minutes to stay with the class for the whole hour and we, then we've been, and-
0: we've been toying around with with making the class like not necessarily the class would be 60 minutes but basically uh 75 minute blocks mm-hmm. so the coach can take a break because if you're going to coach three classes back to back I mean there that third one is just not that great usually
1: yeah and uh maybe i mean uh, like i say it works for us and it's been working for us because we always have two coaches so let's say i am i'm the head coach of the first class and you're my helper you're my assistant coach so you know when uh, i take my class i'm Pulling down or whatever we do at the end of the class, and you get ready for your class. You go to the bathroom, you get ready, so you take the next class. You're going to be hitting that class while I go to the bathroom, and then when I'm done, come back and just give your hand. You know, by then you should be done with your warm up, and then I help you during the specific warm up and
0: during the workout. So they do they swap roles? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah, they, well, that makes they, sense because you don't you know you're not less engaged, but you're it requires probably a little less energy on your part
1: yeah so the one of them leads while the other one assists and the next class they just reverse the roles and uh for us it's pretty good too because uh you know we lead one class the next class they'll lead and uh we can give them feedback otherwise if they're always your assistant coaches you know like when you're not allowing them to to grow right so hey they're gonna make mistakes that's fine that's what we are there to help them right
0: so that actually brings up a good point from a coach development standpoint i i know a lot of people approach this differently, but when your coaches are when you're doing coach development, uh do you have kind of this line in the sand where you intervene or do you just kind of let them flail and then give the feedback afterwards?
1: Well only we only intervene intervene if it is like safety, you know, like as long as they're confident when they teach the class, right, that it's okay, clients sometimes they don't even notice all those things, right? Uh, but if it is something that is, you know, safety, then yeah. uh, we will try to do, if anything, something that is just less noticeable. Hey guys, another thing that we want you to take into consideration is, you know, just just like a little nugget of wisdom while the coaches uh, coaching right so it's nothing that we don't want them to feel like hey they're screwing things up no and uh after the class that would be the feedback yeah
0: yeah i think uh we do it very similar and basically safety is is that line in the sand and uh because we've had problems in the past where either sometimes this is a long time ago this got squashed but where we're a coach who might be either an athlete or sitting off to the side will kind of interject be like oh hey uh you know, I want to add something. And you're just like, no, no, no. Shut your face. Sit off to the side. Your, your time is not to talk. And I don't think people realize how detrimental that can be to a new coach because you're basically just cut their knees out from underneath them and took away all of their professional reputation. So I think it's important for people to realize that when you're doing coach development, like you kind of don't have an option other than to let people mess up, you know, like there's times you're going to have to step in, you know, just have to figure out how to do that tactfully. but you have to let them fall on their face a little bit. You have to let them say things that are incorrect. You have to let them blow the timeline and you are the going to be the one who's got to fix that. And that's just the way it goes.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Clients also understand that. They know when there is a coach that is, you know, in training, they understand that. And uh, you know, we get a pretty good feedback and the response from our clients being pretty you know, it's pretty overwhelming. They're like, man, we really like like such and such. You know, it's come a lot ways. You know, how much they have improved, developed, and from where they started to where they are right now. Because um, we also like their opinion, right? We do like informal surveys to our clients. Say, how is this person doing? You know, how is the coaching? What do you think?
0: I think that's important because sometimes this will that interaction will hurt my feelings. From a standpoint of, I think when you spend your whole life trying to be a, a technical expert and trying to be, you know, a virtuoso of some sort, sometimes you forget that one of the most endearing qualities is just people are fun. Yes. You know? yeah. So I've watched and evaluated some classes that were just from a technical standpoint were just an abomination. They were just the worst possible thing that you could ever see but the person did it with a ton of enthusiasm and the members afterwards are just like, that was great. I love Joe. He's amazing. And I'm, I'm like, Oh my God, like what, what is going on? But I think it's important for us to get that kind of litmus test on there to realize that it's not all about being perfect from a technical standpoint, like the, having people be the best hour of their day does mean it needs to be fun.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think that's the yeah, I agree with you. The, the, the main thing is one, your clients have to enjoy the classes. You know, they've they've been waiting hours to get to the gym, right? That's going to be the, their, their time they've been waiting for. So yeah, they have to have a great time. And uh, for our coaches is like anything we are. And then they know you, you guys are going to get better. The more you coach. Uh, you remember when you co- when you start coaching? I remember when I start coaching. It's just um, a lot of talking, right? <laughs> Sometimes a little teaching, <laughs> a little cheerleading too. But uh, so I think our job is, after so many years of been doing this, is you know guide them and help them to be like us, you know. Because uh, I, you know, it, whenever a client tells me that they ask me, hey, why haven't you been here? We miss you, you know, we want you to be around. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm coaching in the mornings. I can be here mornings and evenings or vice versa, right? Um, I want them to feel like even though I'm not there, they're still gonna have the same quality of coaching with any of my coaches, right? And that's the only way that we will be able to do that is by helping our coaches grow and develop. be like mini versions
0: of ourselves, I want to be a mini version of Maggie. (laughs) Um, Speaking of that, what, what is some of the biggest, so I, we kind of deal with this Jess and I, but like you and Jeff obviously are both running facilities. Like what are some of the biggest challenges that you guys have had from a couple of for anybody that's never run a business with their significant other, it kind of goes one or two ways. It, there's no middle ground there. It's kind of great or, it is the thing that you will lock horns on every single day. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah, it has been, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> look, he's got his, his, his pros and his cons, right? One is that you are with your husband. Oh, you better have all day. Uh, and uh, you got lots of things to talk about. And sometimes you just don't even want to talk about anymore about those things, right? Um, I think for us, it's more like... Um, the, sometimes you just pick the battles, agree to disagree. Like who you know is like yes okay, but I wanna I wanna run in my way. He wants to run his way. Okay, you run it your way when you're coaching. I wanna run in my way when I'm coaching. Um, uh, and I think like pretty much I think what helped us a lot is giving each other like job titles and description of what is your job. So that way, hey, don't worry about that. That's not your job. You know. You're doing this, you're programming, you're in charge of uh, inventory and maintenance, whatever it is, right? I'm doing the the books, I'm doing the finances, and you know, just so that way it's just we know that we have our jobs, but that doesn't mean that we don't talk and ask each other advice or something, right? But I think that they are having our job description that help a lot. Otherwise, we're just like, uh, you were just the owners, but it's like we do everything.
0: Yeah, that's that. And that's not just uh, for working with your spouses. However, that does help. Uh, And again, Jess still works full time. So she's not as involved in the gym now, but I have found that to be very beneficial with the coaching staff, because people love to to kind of step on other people's toes, whether it's about programming or about social media or about scheduling. And I think one of the most beneficial things you can do is protect the team's swim lanes. Like sometimes as a leader, like that's your job. Is if when somebody chimes in, you do exactly that. Be like, hey, that's not your job. You worry about you. I'll help him or her get this sorted out. But that's not your job. So don't worry about it. You know, because reality is, you know, myself included, most of the people on your staff are not doing their job so well that they should have time to worry about other people. You know, like, you know, so that's the hard thing that you have to do. But when I see the team kind of break down, it's always because people are st- like, somebody makes a mistake and then the other person's like, oh, I think I can do it better. And I'm like, probably not. So just mind your own business, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think like you yeah, like, said, so the job, the title description help, especially with, with Fairfax, uh, because you know, like uh, I haven't gone to Fairfax in like who, God knows how long sometimes I just go just for the whatever events that they have but coaching I believe last year I covered for Jeff like twice like for a couple of classes when he couldn't make it um and uh then we have our Julie who basically she manages the gym there she's she is the face of Fairfax and uh Jeff has been trying to school, spend more time resting. The commute has been killing him. So he just said, uh, you know, I'm just going to start slowly switching back to resting. And uh, he's pretty much now resting all the time. And but before, like, it was even for the coaches it was hard, like with uh, management, right? If like they wanted something, they will escape the manager and they will go to Jeff. And it was like, well, and then, you know, Jeff's, you know, sweetheart. <laughs> 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 it's like, you know, like when you have mom and dad and you know that mom is gonna say no and then you just go around and then just go to dad and dad is gonna say yes. So that was basically what was going on, right? So and it was a, that was a lot of conflict. It's like you hey guys, you know, it's like anything, you know. Don't just you have a manager here, that's the person that you guys need to go to. Um that is like, and then, you know, I think is we got better it like anything communication for us, like sitting with everybody, and say like, look. Yeah, this is this is the team, and this is how it works, and it's gotten much better.
0: How did you go? How did you go about choosing that that gym manager? Like, how? What's some of the things you look for in somebody who's gonna basically take over and represent your brand? Because, like, that's something. I mean, I I fully admit, like, I struggle with that. Um, Yeah,
1: well, and I think it's been because uh, the person that is managing Fairfax has been around me for. I don't even know how many years, 15 years, almost in 20 years, yeah, Uh, you know, we knew each other, I got her to do CrossFit, Uh, she did CrossFit, Uh, we tried, she tried to go to the fire department when I was there, but then she, you know, got the kids, so then she joined the fire department later, and uh, it was just like, we were just pretty much doing the same things, right, I married Jeff, and then she married uh, one of Jeff's best friends, so it was like, um But she's been around the gym since we started. So she's seen it, and because uh, she's been sort of like family, she's seen the struggles. And um she sees the gym as it's like her baby, too. And that's basically, you have to have somebody that is invested in the gym and they want to make the gym su- uh, su- uh, succeed. And I think that's, that's it. You know, like you don't want somebody that at the end of the day, they'll be like, you know what? you know, I can go to work because I'm sick or this is it. I'm just an employee. You want them to see the gym as this is, it's me too. Right. Yeah. Then he really cares about the
0: gym. Have you, have, are there certain ways that you guys have found, so obviously you have a relationship there and there's trust, mm-hmm. but maybe not everybody has that. So I know a lot of people really struggle with Kind of handing that trust over to that person and and kind of giving them the reins because you know because they can do it better and all that stuff um but when you so i guess there's a couple different ways you can look at this like people can either be emotionally or financially invested in something or both like what have you guys found to be i mean obviously you i'm assuming you guys pay her a gym manager wage
1: yeah Yeah, so like we we started with just, you know, she was just a coach. From a coach, she moved to help managing the gym because Jeff was still there and I will go there, right? Uh, Once we opened uh, Reston, I was most of the time at the other gym. And, uh, you know, we started, I started with, "Hey, hey, we need somebody to help with the admin part first, you know? Like you have to start somewhere and understanding what is going on behind behind um the doors and um she liked it um and but I think like regardless of who you choose, you know, it's gotta be somebody that you trust. It's like, you know, like your baby. You can just give yeah. it to anybody, right? Um it has to be somebody that has been around and that one knows the business, knows you, is part of the community and they care. I think like the caring part that's the most important thing because uh if you care, you are going to do whatever needs to be done to make the business succeed, right? You don't see more, see, you needed money, right? Yes, I'm not going to tell you, you still need the, the money at the end of the, at the, the day, you need that to, you know, pay your bills. But uh, if you take care of your people, people are going to stay there. They're going to bring other people and just basically that, you know, that door, just the cycle. So you got to trust whoever, whoever is going to be in charge of the business, you have to trust that person.
0: Yeah. For me personally, over the years, it's been, um, if, if like when people ask me, they're like, Hey, when at some point, like when you're the sole person, you, you start having to give things up. Right. Mm So obviously the service on the floor generally for, for a couple of years, you're, you're probably the best coach. So that's probably not what you should give up at that point. Um, what I started giving up was all the admin roles that I hated. And I, and my general litmus test for giving one of those up is if I messed it up two months in a row. So if I messed it up two months in a row, it was time for me to give that up to somebody else and you pay people for those tasks. And oddly enough, most of those tasks don't require a ton of time, which means from a, from an overhead standpoint, it's not going to cost you a lot of money, but it is going to free up a lot of your time. And like, so for instance, I don't do anything with regard to um, the scheduling or programming, uh, I probably have my hands the most in, um, social media, but that's not even from a, like, I don't even do social media. I just kind of guide social media. Um, and then, um, but like, well, the, the, the woman who does our scheduling, like she loves spreadsheets, like. She, she's like, spreadsheets make me happy. And I'm like, then you're in charge of scheduling. Like, so And the scheduling gets done, and it gets done on time every single month, and everybody gets their schedules sorted out. So there, there are people that like love the things that you hate, mm-hmm. and then you can develop people to do the things that you love. But that's what I found is the admin things are generally the easiest to hand off. The mistake that I see people make is they don't pay people for that. Just pay yeah. Here's the hourly rate. Here's what I expect it to be done. Here's about how many hours it takes. Like, are you, is that good for you? And they'll be like, yes. Yeah,
1: I agree with that. Like, you know, you need to pay instead of just giving a free membership or like, you know, trade, trade services. Uh, when uh, I, I think like one of the first thing, like when we were just growing and we needed more hours in the day and we just, we couldn't get any more than 24 hours. One of the first things that we like stopped doing was the first one was cleaning the gym. It's like, Hey, we need to get somebody over here to clean the gym because we will be like, bef- uh, between the morning classes, we we'll just get the, the 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 mops and start mopping the floor, right? And do that in the evening. I was like, man, we could be doing something more productive with this time spent instead of spending an hour just cleaning the gym, right? Then the next thing I was like, you know what? It's just bookkeeping. Even though I love numbers, I love bookkeeping. I was like, uh, I just need somebody. And then like, bookkeeper, my accountant has been like oh my God, a blessing, because now they're doing numbers, and like you said, I slowly start giving up, you know, things to do, though, If they do require some training, because you know you're going to spend more time training, but it's going to free you up some time, like, and uh, you've done it, and I've done it, you know, yes, the first time, it takes a long time, but hey, I've done the manuals for everything, like, it had to look clients had to add memberships had to do even for the coaches had to do things in the kiosk you had to use or or member side you know so yeah it takes some time at the beginning but then it's easier just to a you know now it's a new person for whatever reason you have to switch the assistant a these are the these are the the files just go ahead and go read them and then play with the system let me know if you have any questions
0: I started, doing, I started doing video tutorials, so I, I would do videos like this. I would just screenshot whatever task I was doing because I was doing everything. And while I was doing an actual task that needed to be done, I would just talk through it, screen record it, put it on a shared file, and then created modules so people can watch like Wattify or you know um, social media or whatever and created all those so people could literally watch them. And what that did was anytime somebody had a question, I'm like... Go watch the video. Don't ask me the question because you were supposed to watch that already. So yeah. that way you can kind of stiff arm people and force them to learn it. And um, I
1: think that's pretty good. I like the video idea. I, did, I went old fashioned with the, the PDF file. with the Well, I did
0: that first, it, but it takes way longer. It actually doubles the time because if you do a video version of it, like I'm actually getting work done, I'm just capturing it while capturing I do it. So mm-hmm. I found that to be way more beneficial, not just to me, but to the team as well. So I can walk them through. Yeah, I can walk them through weird scenarios. I'm like, "Hey, the buttons up here on the right. You know, here's how it works, and it's gonna, the the screen's going to come up kind of funny. So here's where you look in order to make that happen." Um, but you got to do that. You got to do that legwork because then you can start handing those tasks off. And as your team grows, and if you have 40 coaches like you do, you can't train everybody. Like that's impossible. That's a, that's a, that is such a ginormous pain in the ass. Like watch the module. If you have questions about the module, then do it. And I had a really good friend who uh, who's, was a mentor of mine for a long time. He owns multiple Chick-fil-A restaurants. He told me this one time and he said, hey, when you train people, they're going to mess it up at least five times. So just wrap your brain around that and it's okay. By the fifth time, they'll probably do it better than you do. So just let them mess it up five times. Yes. Um, no, that's cool. I had no idea you had that many coaches. That's a lot of coaches.
1: It is. It is. Uh, it's just because of the two coaches uh, per class. I mean, we started that and we just kept that. we uh, been doing that for, I don't even know how many years.
0: So this does bring up a question because I know people have the question now that they're, they're listening to this. Are your coaches, all those people are paid, correct? Yes. And then do they pay a membership or no?
1: They don't. They. That's okay. part of the benefits. They get a free membership.
0: I, I don't think they should, uh, but I know people. a lot of people do that differently where they have to work a couple classes. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, but everybody does it differently. So, okay. Yeah. Cause I know people have that question when they listen to that. So 40 paid coaches, but I'm sure I'm assuming they're all in different pay rates too, right?
1: Yes. Yes. So even with our interns, uh, we used before we used to do the, uh, the exchange of, you know, you get a free membership and then you do your internship, but then we actually, you know, we need to do this the right way so we switch everybody interns to paid interns and they yeah they they we follow a scale right depending on your uh level of experience whether you're an intern whether you are a level one crossfit coach whether you are level two a level three or a level four so Uh, you're going to fall in one of those categories. So, And basically to move from one to the other, you need so many hours that you need to coach and get your continued continued education. So I think that motivates for coaches also to those who are just level ones. They'll take the level two. Those who are level two, they're working on the level three. Otherwise, they're going to get stuck right there until they get to the level three.
0: That's cool. And then word on the street is maybe level four this year, but I don't know. we have been hearing that for a while. So
1: (laughs) you guess this is good as mine. I know.
0: I know. Um, Cool. So for the big takeaway, so I got three things on here. So again, taking, taking some advice from, you know, Maggie Tenser, who's 13 years in one box has two gems coming up on 10 plus years. The first one is frequency, whether that be coach development or training, just admin stuff like frequency is king. So you have to do that on a more frequent basis. Um, the second one is communicate, communicate with your coaching staff, communicate with your spouse, communicate with your partners, with your investors, like over communication is always probably the best communication Mm -hmm. uh, in my mind. And then the last one is invest in your people, you know, financially, emotionally, um, anything, you know, and that's how you build a great culture because I don't. I don't think you can have forty staff members if you don't invest in people. I think people would just be jumping ship left and right.
1: That's right. They, they you know, they're part of your team.
0: Yeah, they're part of your family, and you have to treat them like that. You got to bring them into the fold, and and basically, you got to protect them even when they mess up. That's part of your job as a as a as the owners to eat shit sandwiches sometimes that other people make.
1: Yeah, you have to have the, their backs. Yeah. Cool.
0: Well, I was gonna talk about South America, but I feel like that's a pretty good place to, to, to stop right there. We can talk about that stuff.
1: Yeah, um, it's gonna be like hours,
0: dude. Another time. Um, real quick, so Ackerman likes to ask this question, but um, he asks like, what books you're reading. I'm more curious, are there any series or movie series that you're watching right now?
1: Well, you know, it just ended. Game of Thrones just ended it,
0: right? Are, are you a Game of Thrones person?
1: yes you know 80 years 80 years of my life yeah but i'm gone you know, gone gone <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what to do with my life no uh, <laughs> you know, i like you know i just finished watching a series like a um good
0: girls huh because what's it about
1: it, it, this uh this three was well, one mom and um, sister and a friend who like you know supposed to be good girls but you know they face something in their lives and they just like start being bad girls but in a good way they're doing they're doing bad things because they're taking care of their families
0: got it okay I mean I guess the means can justify the ends depending on what you're doing but yeah okay Um, cool uh, no on a serious note though what is your Do you have a favorite podcast other than this one mm
1: you know i like uh american where's American? no it's what you call american life yeah what's that about it's just different things they just different topics every every time it's like the podcast could be like 30 it could be from religion to to crime to politics yeah
0: you like some of those murder uh podcasts don't know, right?
1: yeah. but you know i just i try to find some of those that are pretty good like i really i love that the, the the, the mystery thing, like you know, the the um, the ones that investigate murders or whatever and then at the end of how many episodes 13, 20, 30, whatever, is still unsolved. So like damn it, man, now what is gonna happen? Right. So
0: when I so when as I'm plotting Ackerman's death, I'll I'll call you and we'll we'll map it out so I don't get
1: caught. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: <laughs> um awesome uh where can people find you on social media
1: social media well mine is max teacher that's that's me uh maggie teacher facebook yeah
0: and then uh just crossfit wrestling and crossfit fairfax CrossFit
1: rest crossfit fairfax yeah you'll find us if,
0: if people in the area kind of want to reach out to you do you guys uh do you help people if they want to come in and like do coach development
1: oh yes i have yeah a lot, you know, we have run into so many people at the level ones, level twos, and uh, they feel like they need a set of eyes to watch them. And I've told them, look, my job is not just my coaches. If I can help you be a better coach, just contact me. I'll be more than happy to watch you. You can more than happy to watch me. We had a lot of, like, people inter- you just showing up during the summer just to watch us coach. And uh, okay, they're more than welcome to do that.
0: I think people... Think that we say that because we feel that we need to, but that's not the case. Like, I think we all genuinely enjoy doing that and would absolutely do it. So, guys, take us up on the offer. If you're in the area, if you're in Northern Virginia, if you're in Virginia Beach, like, hit one of us up. If you're in Naples, Florida, hanging out there with old people, hit up Ackerman. Like, most people on seminar staff have the time and are more than happy to help you. So, I'd
1: love to do that. Yes. Yeah,
0: cool. All right, Lady Boss, thank you for your time. All right, Jason,
1: have a good day. Say hi to the the wife. I will. Bye-bye: Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. and if you did one more time, please, leave us a review on Apple Podcast and send us any feedback you have to at best hour of their day on Instagram and best hour of their day at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.